Amen. Matthew 25. Everybody said, oh man, here comes the end of the world book. Oh, we're going, it's going to be all right. Matthew 25, just four, five verses here, 14 through 18. For the kingdom of heaven is a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, and to another two, and to another one, to every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. Then he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same and made them five other talents. And likewise, he that had received two, he also gained other two. But he that had received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. James chapter 4, verse 14, asks and answers the question, For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. So I want to talk to us this morning for a little bit on this, a little time, a little time. Let's pray together. Lord, we love you and thank you for your presence we have felt and for what you've done in this house today. We thank you for your word and pray that our hearts will be good ground to receive it. Let us have ears to hear what the Spirit would say to the church today. We ask these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Lift a voice of praise. Shout unto God for just a moment. Hallelujah. What a mighty God we serve. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You can be seated. God bless you. And thank you to our music and choir today. It's good to see Sister Emmy home today and able to be up here and sing. Good to see Brother Philip, Sister Kaylin, and Abby Joe, and some of our folks that are really home folks. And uh, when they, we're glad when they get to be back and visit. So thankful for that. Um, so a little time. Now, I know that this parable, we read it, and, and we often think this is just, you know, it's a parable about people missing heaven. And it's, it's not just about people missing heaven. This parable deals with time. It deals with our time that we have. You know, the time you have, it's your time. What becomes of it is up to you. Whatever, uh, you know, if you know that... Uh, you want to do something, a lot of times we go, well, I just don't have time. But we do have time. And we do have time for the things that are a priority. We do have time. We make time. You ever hear people say, well, I made time. You know, people tell us often as a pastor and pastor's wife, you need to take some time and make some time to rest. And we're always like, we don't have time to rest. But we're going to be making some time to rest. But what I'm trying to get us to understand is that Every second is given from God. God gives us time on this earth. He, he said one place that he uh, allowed a space of time for people to repent. He, he gave them time to, to, to take action so that uh, things could work out for them. And we have time. From the, and then from the moment we are born again, when James asked the question, he was talking about our natural life. That we have being born in the flesh. What is your life? 
It is even a vapor that appears a little time and then vanishes away. We live in that little time. That, that little bit of appearing is where you find yourself today. If something appears, you can see it. I can see all of you. And, and we live in that little bit of time. But when we are born again, we must realize now that this new man has been given time to do the things that Jesus wants us to do before he returns. There are a lot of people today that don't know the Lord and don't want to know the Lord. And they are living their life one day at a time. And they have no concern with kingdom work. They have no concern with, with the Lord or anything that he wants done. They are living for themselves in time. But once we are born again, God did not uh, fill us with the Holy Ghost, wash our sins away uh, in his name so that we could just take up time. But we have something to do for the kingdom. And in this chapter, he said this parable, he said the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling into a far country. And so we know that uh, he's talking about the Lord and he's talking about his return. But I'm talking to us today about the time that we have here. The time that we have in between when the Lord left and before he gets back. What are we doing with this little bit of time? In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus was teaching his disciples to pray. And he said, after this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father which art in heaven. Jesus went away. Our Father which art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. And this line right here, this very short three-word sentence, thy kingdom come, period. There's nothing, he, he said, that says enough on its own. Thy kingdom come. We ought to be wanting the kingdom of God. And then he went on to say, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Listen. We need to be thinking his kingdom's enough and the earth is where we are spending our time until he returns. What are we doing with this little bit of time to further the kingdom of God? Our life is just a vapor that appears for a little time and vanishes away. You ever strike a match and blow it out and you see the smoke? Hey, just a second, it's gone. It's gone. Or, you know, or either uh, some steam from hot water faucet. It'll be steaming. You cut the faucet off. It just fades away. It's there for a moment. But then it's gone. And that's the way our life is here. What I'm trying to, to, to get to, to my point here and, and, and help us to see that what Jesus was talking about in this parable. He said, this Lord, he went away. And he gave five talents to one guy and two talents to another guy. And then he gave one talent to another guy. And the story is about what they did while the Lord was away. We, get, we jump right to, oh, it's a terrible thing uh, because it's about people missing heaven. And people are going to miss heaven, and that's sad. But I'm talking about that today. I'm talking about what are we doing in this time that we have with what we've been given. You say, well, I don't think God's given me any talent. Oh, I'm afraid he has. If you've been uh, filled with the Holy Ghost... You shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, uh, the promises unto you and your children all afar off. If you've got the Holy Ghost, as the Bible says, you've got a talent. You've got the power of God living inside of you. What are we doing? Now, we can bury it and waste it while we're waiting, or we could be accomplishing what God wants us to do while he's away. 
heaven on earth. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth. Now, I know all things work through God, but God works through his people. Right? Mm-hmm. Hey, let me tell you how important and vital it is for what you do with what you've been given. Noah was given plans to an ark. And then there was a period of time before the Lord was going to send the flood. I can promise you that God was not watching Noah thinking, well, he took this week off. I'll extend the date a week. The Lord knew right when he was going to send that flood and Noah was going to have to be done with that ark. Noah, what did you do with what you were given? I got to work because I didn't know if he was coming in a week I didn't know if he was coming in a month. I didn't know if it was coming in a year. I had no idea when it was going to happen, so we worked. We did sleep. We did eat sometimes, but we worked. We cut down trees. We sawed logs. We built a frame. We put the boards up. We, we did everything we could do. We did it just the way God said because we didn't know. The Bible says he prepared an ark to the saving of his family, it saved his whole family and, and continued the human race. How important is it to, with what we do with what God has given us? And that's why it, this applies to this church, our church, the whole church today. Uh, or, listen, are we entrusted and employed by God and are doing nothing? <laughs> you know, one place the Lord said, you know, when a, a child will look at his father and mother and say, well, it's just a gift that you got me. He said, you're, you're just blessed to have me. Are we treating God that way? Are we treating our Father like that? Lord, you're just blessed to have us. Oh, listen, man, we're blessed to have him. We're blessed to have him. We're blessed by mercy and grace every day. We're blessed by the blood of Jesus that washes us from all sin. We're blessed by the Spirit of God that lives inside of us. God has given us some things. He, and, and we're like, but I don't understand, God. Why just one talent? What's wrong with one? Well, it ain't two. And it ain't five. What's wrong with one? We want this anyway. You go tell me you can't do much with one God, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Come on, somebody. God told his people, Hear, O Israel, the Lord thy God is one. He's the Holy One. I'm, not, I, I'm glad I got the one. That's all right. There's one God and Father who is above all, through all, and in you all. And in him I live, move, and have my being. You'll tell me I can't do something with one? I'm glad for the one I got. <laughs> you know, everybody looks at that poor little, he, well, that one, he that just got one talent. He was probably a little off. You know, he, he, he was probably slow and he just, he, he probably wasn't very smart. And, and so God knew I would just give him one because, you know, he might have been the brightest out of the whole bunch. He might, as far as book sense or whatever, he, you know, you, you know he, but I'm going to tell you why he, he did what he did in just a minute. You said, well, if he was the smartest one, he would have done something. I'm, no, I'm, I'm going to tell you why he did what he did in just, just here in a second. But look, why are we always down on the guy that got one? 
Oh, he just got one. He, he was kind of pitiful. He, he was from the wrong side of the tracks. He didn't really measure up. He didn't have education. He, he probably didn't go to Bible college, that, that guy. He, he, he didn't have a card. He wasn't in an organization or anything. He was just, he was one of them independents, <laughs> you know. You know, he probably handled snakes, you know. I, he, he just won. Why are we so down on the guy that had one? He wasn't no different from the other two. They was all working for the same man. He picked them all out and hired all of them, had all of them working for him, and, and they were working for him. He just got one, but he just did not do what the others did. Why did he bury that talent? Verse 25 tells us why. When the Lord gets back and he's reckoning with his servants, this servant says, And I was afraid, and I went and hid thy talent in the earth. And now, hey, you got what's yours. It's just like it was the day you gave it. Let me ask you this. Would you give the blood of Jesus back? What are you doing with the blood that's been applied to your life? Would you give the Holy Ghost back? I'm not giving back. God don't want you to give it back. He wants you to use what he's given you. And he buried his talent because he was afraid. Fear leads to burying when you are afraid you will bury your talent and oftentimes that fear comes from comparing yourself with five and with two. Oh, i can't play or i can't sing as good as them so i don't i can't preach or teach as eloquently as so and so so i don't and so so i bury when I, if I can't do it as good as somebody else, I'll bury. If I don't have as much as anybody else, I'll bury. Because I'm afraid. I'm afraid to shout. I'm afraid to stand out. I'm afraid to stand up, so I bury. I'm afraid what people will think about me or say about me if they know I go to church, so I just bury. The Lord, similar to burying, he said, no man hides his uh, candle, puts it under a bushel. You don't bury that light, but you set it up on a candlestick so everybody can see it. You let that light shine. Listen, we, people, fear only motivates us to stop, to quit, to give up, to run away, and to bury. But the Bible says, but God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. We have the greatest opportunity ever given to mankind today in this little space of time. What are we waiting for? What are we waiting on? The, the, the master gave them the talents and he said, I'm going away. I trust you with what I gave you. And I trust, and not just that I trust you, but I trust what I gave you. That it's got power, that it's got ability, that it's got, uh, uh, it can produce. While I'm gone, things can happen. I don't have to be here physically in your presence because I've come back and lived inside of you and I've put the Holy Ghost in you. You can do what I've called you to do. But fear will make you bury it. Fear will hide you in a corner. Fear will keep you from reaching out, from, from preaching, from testifying. To, it'll, fear will stop you in your tracks. It leads to burying. Listen, God has given us 
talents. But having talents and using talents are not the same. Having talents and using talents are not the same. It's been given, but are we gaining? Those other uh, uh, service, they said, your five talents have gained five other talents. Your two talents have gained two other talents. The talents have the ability to multiply right here on this earth. But are we using what's been given? We talk about the Word of God, and the Scripture says the Word of God is like seed. But the Bible says in Haggai, he asked a question. He said, is the seed yet in the barn? Any farmer knows how valuable seed is. Because that's what... That's where he gets his produce from. That's where he gets his garden from. That's where he gets the food to live off of uh, for him, his family, to make an income. He, he knows when he sees a bag of seed, it's not just in the way to him. Woo! Got to keep this dry. Got to keep it in the right place. But you can't keep it in the barn. It, it'll never be anything in the barn. It'll waste away in the barn. Today, I was thinking this morning, I was thinking of that. I, I think I've used this before, but, you know, if you ever go to the garden section in Walmart anywhere, they've got the little rack with the, the seed packets. You're like, I'm going to start me a little garden. You know, they put them pretty pictures of fruit and vegetables on there because you think, man, I'm going to have that. It rarely looks like it does. It's just like when you see a hamburger commercial, you ain't never got a hamburger that actually looks like the hamburger in that commercial. Never. Most of the time it looks like somebody put it in their back pocket and sat on it and then, and then wrapped it up and sent it to you. That's just. But you get a packet of seeds, watermelon, cantaloupe, strawberries, flour, whatever, corn. You just go, man, look at all this stuff. But if that seed stays in that packet, you might as well just frame it and put it on the wall because that's all you're ever going to have is a picture and I don't just want a picture of what I could have. Somebody's got to plant and somebody's got to water what God gave them. And God's going to give the increase. God wouldn't ask us to plant if he didn't give us seed. He wouldn't tell us to water if there wasn't nothing to water. He said, you do your part and I'll do mine. If you'll plant water, I'll give the increase. But what are we doing with the little bit of time that we got? You can have seeds with lettuce. Oh, got some little tomatoes. Got some cucumbers. Oh, this is going to make a good salad. Well, you can't put enough blue cheese on that packet to make it taste good. If you don't like blue cheese, get your own dressing. I like blue cheese. And that's the thing, is you can't add anything to the promises of God to make them do anything. You got, if we sow sparingly, he said we reap sparingly. So what do you think happens if we don't sow at all? He said, he that sows sparingly is going to reap sparingly. Well, what if we don't sow at all? What if we keep the seed in the barn? What if we keep the talent hid in the earth? Nothing's going to happen for the kingdom.
And that translates over into our lives. Nothing's going to happen in our walk. Nothing's going to happen in our ministry. Nothing's going to happen in our relationships. Nothing's going to happen in our families. Nothing's going to happen at all. We're just going to sit and stay afraid until he comes back. I was afraid, so I hid it. What are you scared of? I don't know how to quote scripture like, like everybody else. I can't quote scripture like everybody else. Man, you ever hear Doug Smith preach? Just quoting scripture, just stand back here, just quoting them scriptures. I'm just sitting there thinking, what? But I'm not going to stop preaching because I can't quote scripture like my brother. I love my brother. And I'm going to get up and do what I do because this is what God gave me. And guess what? What he gave me, it works. Because if I plant water, God gives the increase. And you can get seed out of a burlap sack or you can get seed out of a pretty flower packet. But you plant both of them the same in the same dirt and it's the same water and it's the same plant. Stop being afraid to use what God gave you. Stop being afraid to stand up and declare what God put inside of you let your light so shine before men come on somebody that they can see your good works it would have been just as good a work to use that one talent as it was to use two he just didn't use it what are we doing with this little bit of time that we got you know we like to say and quote Ephesians 3 and 20 now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. And, and that's the problem is we stop right there because we're not even in the equation. Because we think it's got to all be him. But the Lord said it's according to the power that works in you. What power? And you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost come upon you. The Lord said I've given you power over all the power of the enemy. I mean there's power, power. Wonder working power in the blood that washed us whiter than snow. There's power living inside you and me, and you shall be witnesses to the rich that has the Holy Ghost and the poor that has the Holy Ghost. You shall be witnesses to the smart and the not so smart that have the Holy Ghost, to the big, tall, young, old. If you have the Holy Ghost, you shall be witnesses. Yeah. Some that are eloquent, some that are not. Hey, some of them are refined and some of them are hillbillies. It's all right. Because hillbillies got to be saved too. And Wall Street ain't going to save, ain't gonna save hillbilly. Hillbilly going to save hillbilly. <laughs> yeah. Don't matter what walk of life you're in or where you're from or what you've done or what your education or social status is, when God gives you the Holy Ghost, that's the great equalizer. When we get the Holy Ghost, it's the same spirit. We're all baptized in the one body by one spirit. We all get the same Holy Ghost. If you're 50 and get the Holy Ghost, it's the same Holy Ghost as the one that's five and gets it. It's the same Holy Ghost. You, when you get the Holy Ghost and your 85-year-old grandmother has had the Holy Ghost for 70 years, is still talking in tongues and worshiping God, guess what? you got the same Holy Ghost she's got. She's not on some platinum plan. It, it ain't different. It's all one plan, 
one prize. Present yourself a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. Come on, somebody. And God will use you. You shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, in Judea, and in Samaria, to the uttermost parts of the earth. He said, there ain't nowhere you can't go that you won't be a witness if you'll let the Holy Ghost move. The power of the Holy Ghost is enough for the world and for us. I, I mentioned this scripture in the, the last service, but his word will not return void. And when he told us you'll have power, that means you'll have power. And when the Lord left and gave talents, he was letting them know, I gave you something to prosper. In 1 Corinthians 2, Paul was telling the church there, he said, when I came, brethren, I didn't come with excellent speech or wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. I was just determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness, in fear, in much trembling. And my speech, my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but it was in demonstration of the spirit and of the power, so that your faith would not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Paul said, man, I was trembling, weak. I wasn't eloquent. I wasn't nothing. But with all my faults, the Holy Ghost moved. The power of God moved. I wasn't afraid because I couldn't. Because I wouldn't like Peter. I wasn't afraid because I wouldn't like uh, John. I was who I was by the grace of God. I am who I am. And I let God move through me with what he gave me. And there was a demonstration of the spirit and of power. I don't know if the church today is, if people are waiting on another Pentecost, but there ain't going to be another Pentecost. That's already happened. God has already poured out his spirit on all flesh. He has already opened up the floodgates of heaven, and it's still flowing out today. Look, powerful services and mighty moves of God, they're not new. They were happening then, and they've been happening. They should be happening now because it's a result of people activating the power that has already been given to them. When we come in here, we know who we serve, and we know what he can do. And we know what happens when we lift our hands and lift our voice and begin to praise him. We know what happens when we approach him in prayer and intercession. We know what happens when we begin to move and operate in the gifts of the Spirit because they've already been given. We know what happens when we ask and when we seek and when we knock. We know what to do with what God gave us. We've got the Word of God that tells us what we can have and what we can do. Those nine gifts of the Spirit, they come with the Holy Ghost. You know, one of the worst things ever, when I was a kid, Christmas, we used to get these little handheld electronic games with number little dashes of light. But man, we couldn't wait to get them. But you know what the worst thing was? Was when your parents forgot to get batteries. You ripped it open. You're like, oh, I can't wait for where the battery. Oh, well, it's Christmas Day. Everything's closed. Ain't no batteries nowhere. And so I, now I got this thing I've been waiting on. But there was little words on the box that said, batteries not included. I'm tell you. <laughs> Look, the Holy Ghost comes with batteries included. 
It ain't shipped separately. You don't have to get them the way. When the Holy Ghost comes, you got it. You got what God wants you to have. You got the power that he said you would have, and you shall receive power. He was telling that those people, 120 people in that room, you think it was 120 scholars? And Peter and them probably still smelled like fish. Fishermen, poor people, people that nobody thought much about. Filled with the Holy Ghost. Peter, still got fish scales under his fingernails. Stands up and starts preaching. And the world's changed. Because he wasn't afraid. Because he knew what God gave him. It says Peter stood up in the Holy Ghost. He stood up. All that room, he, he knew. He said, God gave me the keys. I'm not keeping them in my pocket. I'm not hanging them up on a key ring somewhere and, and forget about it. He gave me the keys to the kingdom. I'm about to unlock the kingdom. I'm about to start preaching. I'm about to start doing. What are we doing with the little time that we have? Oh, I hope this is stomping all over our toes today. I hope that we understand that God is, he, he gave us stuff and he went away. But friend, he's coming back. The angels declared it. They said, why are you standing here looking up? This same Jesus that just went away, he's coming back in like manner. I don't know the day and I don't know the hour. But when he comes to me, I don't want to say, hold on, let me get my shovel. Because I need to dig up what you gave me. I hope he sees it. Wide open and in use. Who will be that faithful servant? What are we doing? Friend, the burying church has no excuse. Because the one who gave the talent knows the power of the talent. You know, if one recounted that story, that servant with one talent, he says, I knew what kind of man you are. And so the, the master said, then I'll judge you out of your own mouth. And that's the things we say, well, I know the Lord. I know the Lord. Well, if I know him and I know what he does and I know how he gives I, I'm going to have no excuse in the day he comes to check on me and say, what would you do with what I gave you? In John 14 and 12, the Lord said, because I go away, I'm going away. He that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do because I go to my Father. Now, if he never went away, he told him, he said, if I don't go away, the Holy Ghost can't come. But guess what? He did go away. And the Holy Ghost did come, and the power did come, and the power is here today. It's here for all of us. I know I skipped a, a, a verse of Scripture here, but let's go to Second Peter right quick. Pull that back up. Second Peter 1, 1 through 4, and I'm just about done. Peter, the servant, apostle of Jesus Christ, them that have obtained. If you've obtained it, you got it. Like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of, our Je of Jesus our Lord, so we know who he is, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things. You don't get the Holy Ghost without some stuff being given. He has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given, up, given again given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these 
promises, these things that were given, you might be a partaker of the divine nature, having escaped the corruptions in the world through lust. That, one, that guy with one talent should have been a partaker, but instead he was cast out because he was afraid and he buried what was given. I want to be a partaker of the things of God because he has given us all things, all things that pertain to life and the exceeding great and precious promises. He's given us all things. And you can come to the music. I tell you, I wouldn't be long today. And you can stand with me as I finish this last part. I've referenced a couple of Old Testament stories today and Seems like the Lord's been directing us to not be afraid. The first lesson this morning was don't be afraid, only believe. We find this servant that would bury his talent because he was afraid. Fear is destructive to the body. In 2 Kings 4, there's a story of a woman, another woman who was just destitute. She was poor. The creditors were coming to take her children away. And so she went and cried out for help to the man of God. And when she asked for help and said, I need a solution, he had one question. He said, well, what do you have in your house? What do you got? She said, I don't have anything but a pot of oil. That's, that's what we do. We minimize what has been given. Oh, I don't have anything. Just, I mean, just an old pot of oil. But he said, I'll tell you what we're going to do. I'm going to speak a word of faith to you. Here comes that word again. The word's enough to do it. He said, you just go borrow vessels, not a few. Bring them back home and start pouring. And let's see what happens. Listen. What you've got will do so, mo so much more than you could ever imagine. I'm talking about more than cooking. She didn't just need oil to cook with. She didn't even know she needed oil. She just, I need help. I, I need some money. He said, this is where your money's going to come from. Because they started pouring out in vessels. And he said, just get busy borrowing vessels and start pouring. That word of faith activated the power for that miracle. And all the vessels, you know, all the vessels she got weren't the same size. I've, I've said before, man, she could have had rain barrels. And that, that pot of oil could have been like this. And it would have filled that rain barrel up because it was the miracle. And she wasn't afraid to walk up to a 50-gallon drum with a little old bottle. People going, you know how stupid you look right now? You know how silly you look right now? I hope she stuck her tongue out the whole time. Still pouring, ain't it? I ain't going to look. Look, I'm going to have to look. Tell me when it's full. Say when. And people just had to be like, oh, look what God can do with this little old woman and her little old pot of oil. And I wonder what God can do with you today with the Holy Ghost living inside of you. The Bible says we have this treasure in earthen vessels. and we, we, God's give us something. He's give us power. Uh, power over the enemy, power to lay hands on the sick, power to, to be a testimony. Uh, the Bible says we're living epistles read of all men, friend. There is power in our walk, in our testimony, in that light we're shining, man. I tell you, 
Light is power. Light is power. You shine that light, it can help lead somebody out. They're in the dark, they're trying to find a light. Be a light. Be a light to somebody. Oh, yeah, but I don't want to just be a light. I want to be like a spotlight. I want to be a, uh, I want to be, say, I want to be a row of lights. Let me tell you, if you're in the dark, you'll be glad for one light. You'll be glad for just one little light. You don't want to be in the dark. And you'd be surprised how many people are just looking for one light. They don't need five. They don't need two. They need one. They need just one person that's got what God gave them. A testimony. A story of deliverance. Just tell them your story. Man, I was struggling. You know, I'm nobody, but here's what happened. God, man, but you are somebody. Stop minimizing how precious you are to God. He didn't redeem you with gold or silver, but with the precious blood of Jesus. He said, I think so much of you, I'll use my blood to wash you and to purchase you. That's, that's what you mean to him. So what are we doing with this little bit of time that we have? Our life is it's just a vapor. And you can keep procrastinating and putting it off and I'm going to wait. Till I, I'm going to get some things in order and I'm going to get my life straightened out a little bit. And then I'll. I can tell you what didn't happen when I got the Holy Ghost that all my problems went away. All my character flaws didn't go away. That takes work. If you're waiting around till you get. Now I'm polished and I'm. You ain't going to help nobody. Go on in there. Peter and them, just old fishermen, full of the Holy Ghost and faith, believing what they had already seen and what they had heard and turned the world upside down. And today, friend, we've got that spirit of God, that power of God inside of us. What are you going to do with what God has given you? What are you going to do with what God, because it matters. I won't do nothing. I'll keep it pristine. It'll be just like new when Jesus gets here. That's bad because you know what he does? He takes that away and gives it to somebody else. Take this talent and give it to the one that's got 10 now. But, 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 but it's like new. Yeah, that ain't the way I warned it. What are we going to do in the time we have left? Let's get busy for the kingdom. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth. Like I say it's God that works all things, but he works through his people. We are workers together with him, the scripture says. Amen. While she's playing today, I, I don't know, I feel a, just a call to service. And I don't mean another church service. I mean us to his service. I feel like as they play and sing today that we'll just approach this altar if you are ready to say Lord where you lead me I'll follow whatever you want me to do I'll do just let me know I'm going to use if you're ready to say Lord I'm going to use what you've given me you use what he's given you eventually you'll have more 
but you got to use what you got now. Amen. So while they're playing, I ask you to, to make an approach to this altar with a spirit of dedication and consecration in your heart. God, I'm going to do and use what you've given me. Use me for your glory, God. Use me for your kingdom, God. In this little time we have left, God, use me for your glory.